We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Mr. Fryer, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The playing games start tonight. For the NCAA tournament, the tournament gets back to like a a nice regular schedule for people this year. It'll be interesting for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to spending Saturday and Sunday really just consuming it. Usually what I would do, like back when I had the nighttime show, I would literally take off the first two days of the tournament. Now I feel like I've, I've got a bit of an obligation. So I'll be here on Thursday and Friday. And Friday, Loyola plays early, so we'll have that game to talk about before we get off of the air. When Dan Walken isn't beating back trolls on Twitter, because he has to occasionally, he's covering college football and college basketball. He was nice enough to, to leave his cushy job at USA Today for the interim and talk with us about basketball. He still works at USA Today. I just mean like he's on the phone with us now. On the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, thanks for joining me. Hey, what's going on? So I just did a segment on the ugliest college basketball floors in the country. You cover every team in the country. What's the place where you're like, why did they make this floor for you? I mean, I think it's Oregon. Uh, I don't even know where that's supposed to be. Uh, for ever since they moved into that new building, which I've not been to, I've heard it's amazing. Uh, I, what is it, Matt uh, something arena, Matt Knight Arena, I guess. Um, I've heard it's a great place to to watch a game. It's brand new, it's beautiful, but the floor they put in there is just terrible. I don't. I, I, it looks like a, you know, it looks like just a bunch of paint that that was splattered across there. I, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just over my head or something and it's art, but I, I don't see it. No, you nailed it. That was my number one. And their whole thing is you're supposed to be lost deep in the woods. That's the concept. Mm, I'm, I'm lost in the sauce, I guess. Cause I don't, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I don't know what it's supposed to be either. Uh, of, of all the, the matchups we have in the first round of the tournament, is there one that you've got your eye on? Well, I don't know. I mean, look, every year we go into this thing and there's always, you know, people talking about the, you know, the 12 versus the five or the 11 versus the six or all that stuff. But it's always 
or often it's the, the games that, that, you know, you don't know or you don't see coming where the, the real upsets happen. Um, I do think in terms of just really good matchups, uh, Boise State-Memphis is an 8-9 game is a really interesting matchup, very much a contrast in styles and two pretty good teams, uh, although they, they go about it in a much different way. Um, I think that's just going to be a really entertaining, you know, good good watch. Uh, I, I think UConn-New Mexico State could be a, a game to keep an eye on. I think, you know, Colorado State-Michigan is a 6-11 is another one to keep an eye on there because Colorado State just doesn't really have anyone to match up with Hunter Dickinson. Um, but at the same time, you know, Colorado State plays really small and, and they may play him off the floor. So I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, USC Miami is, is kind of interesting to me, but uh, I'm sure as we get in Thursday and Friday, there's going to be some games that no, nobody's talking about that uh, we're all going to be locked in on. What are we supposed to do with Duke? And here's what I mean. I, I felt like the, the last game at Cameron, it was almost like North Carolina got painted as bad guys when when all they were trying to do was win a game. And so I'm not sure what to do in our coverage of Duke in the tournament versus the history of Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, I just think this team down the stretch, or at least in the ACC tournament and then that game against North Carolina, they, they didn't do a great job of handling the, the pressure of the moment, whatever sort of intangible thing is, is attached to this Mike Krzyzewski last dance I think also they're just young and historically young teams, or I should say in recent history, young teams in the NCAA tournament's been a little bit of a iffy proposition. So, you know, I think they've got a pretty decent uh, path to get out of the first weekend. I, I, Cal State Fullerton, I don't think will beat them. I think Duke is, is better than Michigan state or Davidson. So I think they get to the sweet 16, but once they get there, well, let's say they've got to play Texas Tech, who would be the highest seed projected to, to play them. I think Texas Tech is just way too physical uh, for Duke. So that's where I have this thing ending for them. But uh, I, I think in most people's eyes, if you've been watching the last couple of weeks, their stock as a national championship contender has really gone down. Who's a coach that you think has a real chance to become a star in this tournament? <clears throat> Who? Um, well, I think maybe uh, – I mean, look, Arizona – I mean, most people probably uh, don't even know who Arizona's coach is at this point. It, it, it's first-year guy. Tommy Lloyd was an assistant coach at, at Gonzaga uh, for a long time and was supposed to be the head coach in waiting whenever Mark Few left. And, and obviously, Few has not uh, retired or moved on to a different school. So, so Tommy Lloyd had this opportunity – to take the Arizona job when they fired Sean Miller and, and they're 31 and three and he's, he's absolutely killed it. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who's already, I think, you know, within college basketball world is well known and all that stuff. But I just think the general public probably isn't really keyed in very much on, on who's coaching at Arizona right now. And, and if they get to the final four, I think he's going to be the subject of a lot of attention. So now let me ask you about the locals. Let's start with Loyola. How far do you think Loyola can go? And and the job that Drew Valentine has done taking over for Porter Moser has been pretty impressive. 
Yeah, for sure. I, they're favored uh, in Vegas against Ohio State, I believe, or at least that's what it was the last time I looked at the line. And I think that's right. I mean, you look at where Loyola is in, in the metrics and, and Ken Palm and all that stuff. Um, they're a top 25, 30-ish quality team. And Ohio State has played pretty badly the last few weeks. So just based on kind of direction of, of where Ohio state's gone uh, as the season has gotten longer, you have to like the matchup from, from Loyola's standpoint. I, I think probably in the second round against Villanova, that that's a tough one. Uh, Villanova's pretty darn good and, and is coming off winning the big East. So I think Loyola probably ends their season there. Um, but certainly that's a program that's got a lot of confidence about their ability to win tournament games uh, because they've just done it so many times and it's it's kind of ingrained in their culture now yeah I keep wondering like what's the ceiling for Loyola and obviously like they're going to shift conferences but I always wonder like are you seeing I'm, I'm speaking like hypothetically here like are, are you seeing the birth of what Gonzaga eventually turns into with a program like that and how can it be sustained if the coaches themselves will end up going to other places because they've done such a good job yeah, I always hesitate to kind of compare anyone to the way Gonzaga's built it because it's, it's first of all, it's happened over a long period of time. It didn't start kind of the way it is now, uh, and they've just been so excellent over so many years, and they've had that stability. They've had incredible financial investment in, in so many aspects of the program that's allowed them to, to stay at a high level. I, I just think they're kind of one of one, and, and we're not going to see – something exactly like that replicated anytime soon. Uh, but Loyola, I mean, just when you, where you consider where they were 10 years ago to where they are now, it's, it's a remarkable uh, rise. And, and changing conferences is, is sometimes a little bit of a gamble. Uh, you don't always know that it's, it's going to be a good fit or that, that the competition um, that you're playing day in and day out is, is going to help you or hurt you in terms of getting into the tournament and doing all that stuff. So, uh, but I like where, where they're positioned and, and they've obviously built a name and a reputation. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to think about anyone in terms of what, what their ceiling is. Uh, but I, I applaud their administration for taking advantage of, of the opportunities that they've had so far. Illinois is a team that I, I had, think has enough talent to go very far in the tournament. But I also think they got a terrible draw with their first round game and potentially their second, whoever wins the, the Houston UAB game. I think the problem with all of the big 10 teams, uh, and I think you can sort them out in any way you want to, but they're all kind of just pretty good. I don't know that there's a great big 10 team out of that mix. Uh, they all kind of beat each other up this year a little bit. And, and like last year where you got into the tournament and, and the big 10 looked awesome uh they didn't perform that way and so i do think that maybe colors the perception a little bit of how we think of some of these teams this year you know like an illinois like a purdue like an iowa uh can they break out in in the tournament playing teams yeah some interesting you know teams that are very tough defensively like like houston i mean illinois playing houston in the second round uh houston's going to get into you physically and beat you up a little bit. And is Illinois going to be able to, to withstand that? You know, the book on them is, has not been that uh, 
kind of team. So, yeah, they did get a tough draw. I agree with you, but um, you know, I think they they can they they can get to the Sweet 16. Whether they can beat Arizona or not and get any further, that that I think is a much different proposition. Dan, one college football thing for you: Were you surprised that the the playoffs didn't expand, and why did it fall apart? Well, I, I was surprised that back in whatever it was, I think it was May or June, uh, they announced basically that it was a done deal. And it wasn't even close to a done deal because you didn't have uh, the unanimous support of all of these other conferences. And then, of course, Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC and that becoming public in August really sort of changed the dynamics of the whole situation and made it – contentious between some of these conference commissioners and you know i think it's it's probably a much longer conversation than than you want to have about why all of these agendas and and egos are are kind of clashing right now but i do think that there's a little bit of a power play going on between some of these other conferences trying to flex on the sec and then the sec basically saying you know well we don't need you guys we're in a position where we're going to call the shots here and you can take it or leave it. So uh, I just think the way that sort of devolved, they're kind of at loggerheads now. And and because it requires unanimity to change the format before the 12 years are up, they basically just said, we're not going to get there. So we'll revisit this uh, when we do the next contract. Dan, as always, I appreciate the time. Thanks for, for being on and breaking down the tournament with us and keep up the great work at USA Today. Thank you. That is Dan Wolken of USA Today with a preview of the NCAA tournament. When we come back, I, I want to talk about the Bulls, like for real. Like I'm, it, it hasn't happened this season, but last night made me angry. I'll discuss why next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the two minute report. 
two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Karen Fox throws Dio Dosuba on a crossover, and the step-back three ball is good. Karen Fox all the way to the rim on the left angle. Shot rejected by Tristan Thompson. And here come the Bulls to Rosen. Left side, Kobe. In rhythm for three. Yes. Back to Mitchell. Hard left-hand dribble drive in the lane. The pitch out. Deep in center with a bump. A ball fake. Mitchell. Scissoring. Circle right. 18-footer good. Jump pass deflected. Uh-huh. And another turnover. Number six for the Bulls. Two on one. Deep in And a lob. And a right-handed slam. Jamizzi Matu. Way above the 10 with a right-handed dunk. Box one-on-one with Ayo Dosubu. Twists, turns, turnaround, 10-footer. Tough shot, and it goes. And De'Aaron Fox is doing what De'Aaron Fox has done against Steve Vincenzo, a superb defensive player. DeRozan spins, double on the ball, turnaround jumper. Got it! Count! Foul! A 14-footer left to the lane. DeMar DeRozan with the hoop and the harm and one. Levine still dribbling with 44 seconds to go. Levine to the rim with a right-hand layup. Count it! And a foul! This ball game is over. The Sacramento Kings beat the Bulls here in Northern California, 112 to 103. I actually thought we got pretty good looks. When you shoot the ball like that, it's really hard to have the lead. But like we were in striking distance. I thought what really hurt us was the last five minutes of the second quarter. They scored 20 points. Like that's one of those games where, okay, we're not shooting it well. Let's just get to the half. Maybe get our legs back under us to whatever. Exactly. And we need to have those conversations and, and get on point going into this last stretch because it's not going to get any easier. We don't know when and who's going to be there, who's going to be injured and out the lineup, but we got to play the right way and have a certain identity. And we obviously, we didn't do that tonight, but it's, uh, you know, I don't want to be repetitive. I want to obviously be positive, but we have to learn from this. If not, then that's on us. Highlights courtesy of the score. Chuck and Bill on the call. It was a really disappointing game. Last night, I, I the Bulls didn't shoot well, but honestly, like it's the first time where I'm like, I didn't feel that they had an effort until the second half. Second half, they they played balls to the wall, and you saw the fight in them, which was a good thing to see. But in the first half, they looked out of sorts. They were getting good looks off of Demar being doubled and sometimes triple teamed, and guys missing shots. And they made silly turnovers. I was talking about it a little bit earlier. I love Alex Caruso. I, I proclaimed my love for him yesterday on the show. He was terrible yesterday. Some of the decisions that he made with the ball in his hands, some of the passes that he tried, ended up getting picked off. I mean, and, and it, it, it was careless basketball from a guy who's usually not careless at all. The whole team. The Bulls last night shot, what, 41% overall, 29% from three. And what it proves is that if you don't shoot well, even a terrible NBA team can beat you. De'Aaron Fox lit them up. It didn't matter who was guarding him. Didn't matter. It could have been Io. It could have been DeRozan. It could have been Zach. It could have been anyone. He was lighting them up. And same thing for Sabonis in the first half of the game. He was a terrorizing monster. You wanted to body up against him? Cool. 
He'll body up with you. He dunked on Vooch and then checked on him. Then checked on him. Like, are you all right? Like, he legitimately cared if Vooch was okay. And we all were like, is Vooch okay? Because he just got yammed on on local regional television. It wasn't national television. But you understand my point. It wasn't good. Stacy was on his game last night. On the television broadcast, there's two chunks I want to play for you. The first one, it was about a minute to go in the third quarter. And Stacy breaks down what some of the problems are for this Bulls team when it comes to defending screen roll. But that screen is good. Cole sets a big one and Fox yeah. draws the foul. The, the, the screens have killed this team tonight. They are setting these screens on the move. They're not just like stationary screens. The guard is already starting to dribble at him, and they're setting the screen. Watch Rashawn Holmes. He's going to start to, he's going to come up here. There's a screen right there on Kobe White. And was, boom, right there. Boom. The Bulls' big guys have got to get up. Got to get up there and give some support. I'm not, we're not saying track the ball because that's not what you guys do. But you've got to step up and give a little bit of support because Fox has been able to get to the basket. Mitchell's been able to get to the basket at will because of these high ball screens. You said it. This has been, even before the Sabonis trade, one of the best pick-and-roll offenses in the NBA because of this guy, De'Aaron Fox. Rashawn Holmes runs it really well. Halliburton ran it well from the guard position when he was here. And now, as you said, when you add Sabonis as a screener, and obviously Holmes doing what Holmes does, you have to be aware of that right now. Well, and you all know the Bulls. You've got your scouting report. You've got scouts watching this team, and you recognize they've struggled with the pick-and-roll. So why not come out here and run that as a, as a staple part of your offense? We should probably pull that Holmes doing what Holmes does as a drop for the show. But then you have Stacy just telling you, this is, you can't defend it this way. So look, we now know that there are teams that have an identity and, and a book on what to do against the Bulls when the Bulls are on offense. We also now know that there is a template to beating them defensively too. On offense, it's get the ball out of DeMar DeRozan's hands. And I wonder if we're going to have a 30-shot a night from DeMar coming up soon. Because he was making the right choices. Oh, okay, they're coming to double. I'm going to pass out of this double. Oh, you missed the shot. Okay, would that have been better than me just taking the shot? Probably not. Okay, here they come again. I'm crossing the half-court line. They're going to double me. Cool, I'm going to move the ball. Oh, you missed the shot. Should I have just put my head down and gone to the bucket instead of passing the ball? DeMar DeRozan had six assists last night. And there was the opportunity for him to have much, much more. And on defense, it's the pick and roll. It's that the Bulls' bigs haven't been good at support and they haven't made a lot of the right choices on whether to blitz it or to to not. Stacy went on to talk about some of the problems that the Bulls have with screen roll. When you see this ball screen, watch watch how they, they talk on defense. They're going to switch this. We don't get to see it. But when Fox saw the screen coming, Metu told him and let him know that it was coming right, right, right. They jumped and switched it. And that's what our big guys are going to have to start doing 
because teams are going to keep running this. This is a staple in every NBA offense is a pick and roll 90% of the time. Metu communicated with Fox, and he was able to at least cut off the drive angle a little bit earlier than maybe what we've seen on the other side. If you get your guards hurt with these screens that these guys, these big guys are setting now. So the other thing that Stacy is telling you there is he would like to see better communication from the Bulls bigs and from the teammates overall. I mean, it's a simple thing. Like It goes back to playing bitty basketball, high school basketball. Don't let me just run into a screen. If you see that a screen's coming, just let me know so that I don't get knocked out running into my cousin Rashad. He's not actually my cousin. He might be, though. You never know. You never know these days. He could be my cousin. I'll go talk with Dr. Henry Lewis Gates. He'll give me a big old tree, and then he'll tell me that I'm related to Rashawn Holmes. He's from, like, the Chicagoland area. And then Dolly Parton. Like, somehow Dolly Parton will be in there, too. Because there's always a surprise. You go on that show, and you flip the page, and you're like, oh, it's like Ty Burrell. What do you mean my great-grandmother was black? What? There was the one, I forgot who it was. It may have been John Legend, where they do the thing where they turn the page, and it's like, here's someone that you're related to, and it was Dr. Henry Louis Gates, and it was hilarious. So, you know, that'll be my surprise. Like, Dolly Parton's my aunt or something. You know, it's, shout out to Dolly Parton, by the way. For real, for real. She's a gangster. Taking her name out of the, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she didn't want to split votes. And then there were some people who got mad at her because she wants Beyonce to redo Jolene. Dolly's not the one. Like, there are a lot of people you can have problems with. Dolly is legit. Like, she's out here fighting for good. And if she wants to make some extra dollars on on the writing of Jolene by Beyonce singing it, who cares? She did it with, and I, I will always love you. How'd that go again? I can't do it again. That'll be the end. That'll be the absolute end. I won't be able to do tomorrow's show if I do that note again. It's also like I can only do this once a week. The champions! I can only do it once. So if you want a Champions League update, I can do that sound, but I can only do it once a week. And then I have to recover. I'll just keep that recorded. We'll just keep playing. No, that no, over I, and over. I enjoy doing it. I just know that I can only do it once. And then there's a problem. Then I'm like, <laughs> I can't come into work. My voice doesn't work. Like that sort of thing. Sounding like the dude from uh, Five Heartbeats. Yeah. Nice like this. Nice like this. I wish raindrops would fall. Wait a minute. This whole time that you've been working on the show, you had that. And you didn't bring that to the table? I didn't know we was, I mean, we just got there naturally. I didn't know we, we didn't talk about that. Come on. These are things that we can play around with. Texter says, yes, protect your teammates. This texture also says Dolly is awesome. Yes, she is. On a lot of fronts. But yeah, and I bet that, I bet that, uh, I think I saw Kelly Rowland say that she would love for, it's a perfect song for, be, it. like if you know, the song Jolene, 
it's a perfect song for Beyonce to sing, if you know what I'm saying. If you listen to the 444 album, it's a perfect song for her to sing. And I think she'd do great at it. I don't want the Beehive coming after me. Are they still a thing? I don't know. Anyway, the Bulls were disappointing. I'm trying not to live in the disappointment, but I was pretty mad watching that game last night going, you're better than these dudes. And in the second half, they showed you that they're better than these dudes, but it was too damn late. It sucks, too, because they had a chance to move up in the standings with the Sixers losing. They could have they gained some ground there, but they lost that. It's scary because if you look at the standings right now, the Bulls are not – with this week of games that's coming up for them, if you're sitting there going, oh, they, they won't be in the play-in, okay. Toronto is three games behind the Bulls in the seventh spot. The Bulls are a half game ahead of Boston. Two games ahead of Cleveland, we can call that like two and a half. But, okay, don't mess up and end up in a play-in series and then having to play the Nets to to get out of the play-in series. Durant has been a monster of late. I like angry Durant. I Not the angry, like, I'm mad at the mayor because the mayor won't let Kyrie, like, that's just silly. But angry, you're too tiny. Him telling players, you can't guard me because you're too small. Him getting up in people's faces in the game against Philadelphia. I want this guy all the time. I want angry ass. I'm the best player on the planet, Kevin Durant, all the time. That's my favorite Durant right there. When he got in B's face, I was like, oh, yeah. That, yeah. It felt like playoff basketball right there. I love that. Yes, he was right there. He was ready for all the smoke. And Embiid was like, what's happening right now? Because usually Embiid's that guy. But Kevin Durant was like, you can take your MVP, your your maybe MVP. Oh, by the way, they have the same record now as Denver, basically. So if your whole thing was, well, Joel Embiid's team is winning and Denver is a sixth seed, they've got the same record. And Jokic, that boy Jokic, man, nice. Joker was putting the works on him. Yes, he was. I mean, it was was a fun game. Both those guys got – did their thing, but don't sleep. Every night you look at the box score, what what Jokic is doing, and it's like, wow, this dude deserves to be MVP again. It'll be a fun race down the stretch. When we come back, some people asked for it yesterday. I wanted to be able to kind of do it the right way. I want to talk about Scott Hall next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Ordinarily, I usually take the, the last few moments of the show and talk about something that happened that I didn't get to on the show, but I figure with Scott Hall's passing... I found him to be one of the more influential wrestlers of the last 30 years. I think that he had a big role in putting the NWO over. Obviously, like the idea of the NWO was over with fans, but it was his charisma with the microphone that I think helped to take it to the next level. He made it fun in the way that that wrestlers will cut promos for the crowd pop. He was really good at getting it done. 
whether we're talking about him being Razor Ramon and the Razor's edge, as far as like a move goes, it takes incredible strength and balance and power. And it's why that move would get over with the viewer as it being devastating. The sad part about Scott Hall, beyond the fact that, that he's gone, is that he struggled with life. And he fought with life a lot. And luckily, he started to reach out to other people. I had an incredible interview with Diamond Dallas Page a few years ago here in this studio where he was talking about Jake the Snake Roberts and, and, and him trying to work with Scott. And look, the best characters, and I'm using air quotes where people can't see me, usually have bits of who they are in their persona. And with Scott Hall... Him being a drinker became a big part of it. He had a lot of demons, and he had a lot of people who loved him and a lot of wrestling fans who absolutely adored him. So I said I wanted to move out of the way and give my time to Scott Hall. So let me move out of the way and give my time to Scott Hall. Like I said before I was so rudely interrupted, it's survey time. Is there anybody here to see WCW? And how many people here in Norfolk came to see the NW? Now here's the tricky part. How many people came to see the original, the Black and White Express? How many people came to see that lame wolf pack? Well, speaking of the wolf pack, that brings to mind one big goof called Kevin Nash. The big bad wolf himself, who he has on the 25th at Halloween Havoc. Hey, Kev, Monday, you told me I'm going to wrestle you at Halloween Havoc. I'm so sick of you telling me what to do. That's part of my problem. I got so many bosses, but Kev, you're not one of them. You don't tell me what to do, you big goof. And if you want to fight me, it's on my terms. And if you got a problem with that, I'll meet you down there. What does he mean on my terms? I don't know. One time for the bad guy. Ayo!
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.